0: Music age. That is the question of today. Hello, it's Derek G. Speaks Volumes. I am your host. And if you're watching this on video, look, look, I'm becoming a content creator. No, I bought some new equipment, including a light, changed my background behind me because a couple of reasons. I know we're going to get into the topic of discussion, which is why you clicked on this piece of whatever you call this, which is... The aging of music but I thought it's, it's best to address the elephant in the room which things look a bit nicer. Two reasons. One, my Nothing interview that I did looks really ugly <laughs> and I'm quite embarrassed by it because I filmed it at night and it just looked like a brown mess, my, my office. So we changed that. Secondly, I can film. It is the afternoon when I'm filming this today. I couldn't film in the afternoon because the sun streams through my office window and I like natural light, but I can't film. It's like just too bright on me. So controllable lighting. Does that make things look more professional? Yes. Does it make things look less natural? Yes. But we can record in the afternoon. Wow. What a development. Welcome to Derry G speaks volumes. It is the podcast where I explore ideas with you that I find interesting, that I think you've thought about too. And if anything, if anything, it is food for thought. These are theses, these are explorations. I found it interesting last week's discussion content around Drake and my defense of him because a lot of people hate Drake. I probably got people unfollowing me for it. And um, I don't take it that seriously. I like Drake. You don't have to like Drake. But I'm surprised how many people loathe Drake. And um, I don't really understand. Hey, I, no, I was going to say I had not really understand. I think I loathed Taylor Swift until I learned more about it. Now I can appreciate it more than enjoy it. I appreciate it. So I can understand it, to be fair. But yeah, this is food for thought. And what I want to just add as a, a little asterisk footnote to this is that I'm not trying to be hot takey with this podcast or any. I think it's more a discussion point that I've been knocking out of my head, which is this working thesis, as I like to call it. So the exploration of today is what makes music age? What makes it sound worse over time? How can music sound worse over time? Is that possible? Is that a reasonable assumption, truth, objective, subjective? Can things get worse over time? I think they can. I think they can, I'm going to list out a variety of different reasons and how I'm going to break it down is I'm going to break down the idea of the criteria that I'm setting as I always do, the idea of timelessness and then how music can age over time to the point where it just feels like it's never coming, it's never becoming relevant again. Okay. So the test of time, what is the test of time? The test of time relates to music discographies, album singles, impact, where specifically at the time they were highly regarded, whether it's through critical acclaim, whether it's through album sales, they were top of the pops. I am excluding things like people one hit wonders. I'm excluding people that weren't around for very long. These people were like, oh my gosh, these guys are incredible and then didn't really stand the test of time. Why didn't these artists stand the test of time? Now, I think when people look at why these artists show cracks in their armor, chinks in their armor, is because a variety of factors that I will get into. So what is good measure to judge this by? I'm going to arbitrarily say 30 to 50 years which is the 70s to the 90s. If I'm judging anything from the 2000s, if that stood the test of time, I think it's too soon to say, but I think anything 70s to the 90s, we can look back and say, did these stand the test of time and why? That's my criteria for today. So my next question to you is this, is there such thing as timelessness? It's a question that I ask myself and it's a question I ask you because I think the answer to that is yes and no. I think timelessness generally is music that addresses universal themes that can be applied to any era. I touched on this in a few episodes ago where I talked about Billie Eilish versus Olivia Rodrigo for an individual like me. Someone like me, I can listen to Billie Eilish and enjoy it to an extent, whereas Olivia Rodrigo is not designed for me and may be timeless to a particular demographic of young women. I think Billie Eilish is more universal because she can appeal to young women, young men, older men, older women. And so there is potentially more timelessness built into that record. I think that you can be timed, I guess it may be, that's the expression for it, if you are addressing really on-the-nose themes, like if I'm talking specifically about young thug in jail or I'm talking about Fortnite, you have the potential to age yourself quickly because you're referencing something that people won't know what you're talking about. As well as that, if people use technologies that are so emergent, say AI, and someone comes out with an album that's completely produced by AI and they rap over the top of it, it might be so on the nose that it is aging almost as soon as it comes out. So I think Timeless is is a yes and a no. All right, so to the meat of the subject: how do they get there? point of view so when i say that and i don't have exact example of this i'm sure that you guys do where politically socially artists say things that age because society has moved on we're talking racial prejudice we're talking about gender inequality if there are people that are ripping into a particular group of people for example You're going to age because people will listen to that and think this is bad because it just shows how behind things were. Now, it might be looked at as a historical text, but people won't look at it in the same light. I can't think of any except for like in the 40s where you had, you know, was it 40s or earlier where some artists were doing blackface? And I've seen those records in thrift shops. It's so bad. That's a very obvious example of aging music. But I think when you go out there too much and have a point of view that changes in society, then it is going to age itself by nature, the fact that society thinks you're irrelevant. The next one, and which is the inspiration of this whole topic of discussion, is a concept that is novelty, a concept that is cringe. And a great example of that is a group that toured this country recently was KISS and when you see they had the final two or whatever and i did a bit of research on this because obviously i didn't grow up with kiss at the time and the way that i was seeing people describing kiss they were rock and roll they were a bit more pop but they were also a bit cheeky and for people that were kids especially that were 13 years old, for example. KISS is almost like the monster trucks of music. It was just wild and cool and crazy and badass. And I and I don't want to devalue the people who grew up during these times because I don't know and I can't speak for that. But clearly, KISS were huge. Look at the charts, look at the discography, look at what they achieved. They were huge. And they did a stadium tour. It didn't sell out in any stretch of the imagination. And they... Aged for a variety of different reasons. The concept and the makeup and the uh, ability to not relate to it as people discover it as you get older and you're seeing these people in this makeup and you can't really understand why is one. Two, the music was more pop than it was progressive or boundary pushing. And three, because it was this novelty where it was like kind of at the very peak of the time of when... People were used to groups like Led Zeppelin existing. This And then Queen was coming about. And this group kind of epitomized a kind of unique pop sensibility of that mindset. Then you have a band like Kiss that I don't hear anyone talking about anywhere outside of the fans that know Kiss. And it's a bizarre thing to think about that you you understand that they were relevant, but you don't really Get how anyone could be into it makes sense controversially and this is purely my own opinion I feel like Weezer is kind of falling into that bucket a little bit which is also unintentionally uh, aligning to the fact that Weezer strangely supported KISS on this tour in Australia they brought them in to help boost ticket sales I gather but what Weezer I think was particularly big in their time 90s and 2000s and had a novelty in its own way, which is almost like a deadpan indie rock punk, you know? So there was this, we wear short sleeve shirts. We have that kind of nerdy aesthetic. And I know, like I said, I'm in a bubble and and biased, but I feel like Weezer has a sort of aesthetic that has aged over time. I think at the time it was kind of punk to be deadpan, in a sense, not to, that they were punk, but it was kind of it felt edgy and exciting. Whereas I feel like now, Weezer, if you weren't part of it at the time, there's less reason to really dig into it in any deep and meaningful way because it kind of feels like a bit themey. Secondly, of why music ages is timing and being of its time. So I have a few examples for this, including Peter Frampton. Peter Frampton was one of the biggest artists in the world and has one of the most acclaimed live albums in the world. And the way that he came up is through being quite a virtuoso on the guitar. And people saw him as someone that represented like this virtuosity, but also blending a kind of more pop sound to him he had that song "Ooh, baby love your way like incredible song that one but I think that at the time where he really became a household name I think that the maturation of the audience the global audience for this type of music had come about and people were learning that this person might have been what they were hoping that Led Zeppelin might be in the pop world, for example. And then he became almost a pop star, massively selling albums, but now is lost a little bit through the test of time where he doesn't really represent anything to a younger generation, whereas Led Zeppelin represents a lot of rebellion, a lot of progressiveness in music. You have Peter Frampton, who's kind of the pop evolution of that, that kind of struck a chord with people that are probably more radio listeners who like the idea of Led Zeppelin, but then you have something a lot more approachable. Another example is Meatloaf, which was like the drama queen era type artist who brings with him these theatrics and these ballads, and it really felt radio friendly. And Meatloaf, as high as selling as he was in the 80s, is not someone i ever hear at all and when you hear meatloaf when you hear me say meatloaf it's kind of like oh yeah that guy i my honestly my favorite appearance of meatloaf is in fight club another one that i can think of is matchbox 20 who was huge in the 90s and early 2000s massive chart topping success people love matchbox 20 and they just felt so relevant so exciting the voice of rob thomas but i think that Rob Thomas and Matchbox 20 was largely pushed forward by massive singles that people really resonated with, sold a lot of albums. I know so many people that had Matchbox 20 albums, but I cannot see a world in which Matchbox 20 comes back because they are relatively radio smash hit alternative rock groups. And I think that there is a bit of a trend that I'm finding as I'm discussing this, which is radio music, radio artists coming about and taking over the mainstream through an alternate back door, and then that rising to the top and then falling back down, because it isn't unadulterated pop. It isn't alternative. It's kind of this thing that people thought was the solution to a problem and then falls by the wayside. Another reason why I think music might not stand the test of time, to borrow a concept from Yasi Salek, who I had on the podcast from Bandsplain, Music that is overly feminine or overly masculine. Being a contributor to not being stand the test of time. So the best thing I can do here is give examples. So I will give two at once so I don't shock too many people. Cyndi Lauper and Van Halen. Two ends of the spectrum. Now, obviously, Cyndi Lauper has Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which is obviously a very feminine song and great song and people love it and, and all good. I think that Cyndi Lauper... And Van Halen are on the ends of the spectrum of appealing to a particular demographic. And when I think you sit on too far on the ends of the spectrum, you just it becomes something that becomes for the bros or for the girls. And I'm not saying that this music is bad or doesn't exist and have a space in the world. But I think that standing the test of time where people are still talking about and holding up as high watermark of achievement in music. Van Halen, I think, it very much exists on the fringes for people that appreciate that type of music. So whilst you might be into that sort of music as a shredder and a guitar player, and 16-year-olds forever, if you want to really shred, will find Van Halen. But for people... Like, for example, there are more people talking about My Bloody Valentine. There are more people talking about Slow Dive these days than are talking about Van Halen, as from a Gen Z, from a younger point of view, because, yeah, Van Halen, hot for teacher, songs like that that are completely full of dive bombs and shredding and all these squeals only appeals to a certain demographic. I'd argue the same for groups like The Who or Pearl Jam that have this very masculine, over-the-top aspect to them and i would love to see if either of those i think the who obviously is important in music history but isn't one of those ones that is getting any more relevant over time but again they're old now pearl jam i would be very surprised if they came back in any way that people picked them up and discovered them and went you know what pearl jam for a 14 year old is it. I think that it has aged tremendously. And whilst it is a huge discography and there's huge amounts of fans, I cannot see outside of the people that grew up with it, young people latching on to Pearl Jam and wearing those t-shirts and going, you know what, hell yeah, Pearl Jam, have you heard of them? The next example is pop music. I think that pop music, more than anything, always does lose out with the test of time. And I'm not. that's not to say that some don't survive, such as George Michael or in some instances Sade. Sade was very pop at a time with Smooth Operator and songs such as that. But I would say that artists like Katy Perry, artists like Lady Gaga, I do wonder if that sort of music can hold up over time. Now that they, they don't Katy Perry and Lady Gaga don't fall into my criteria. That is more of a question. But when you look at artists like Kylie Minogue, who is starting to come back and her music Not only is the nineties and two thousands come back, but also she makes pop dance music that seems to be very in right now with likes of Peggy Goo or Dua Lipa and stuff like that. So Kylo Minogue has come back. So maybe there's a world in which that sort of sound comes back with Lady Gaga and Lady Gaga finds a new audience. But I'm not sure about that. For example, on older examples, Bon Jovi and Billy Joel. Similar to the Pearl Jam example, I would say that Bon Jovi and Billy Joel are huge and were huge in the 80s and 90s, but because they are on the pop edge of their respective genres, ballads and rock, that they do lose out a little bit on the artistry. And I think maybe, as I'm saying it out loud, that is a theme that is really apparent in all of these that I'm discussing, is that if you lose too much on the artistry, on the innovation, on the expression, then you start to age because you're trying to rightly so and fairly so appeal to a mainstream market at the time and they've got very rich because of it. But there's a reason why I see a lot of Billy Joel in the CD racks of thrift stores. Next up in why music can age is the sound, the sound of their music. Prime example is Creed. Voice, A voice of the lead singer in Creed is of its era and I think that whilst Yacht Rock has its fringes I think a lot of people find the same with people like Michael McDonald where it is of the time Rick Astley if he wasn't a meme I think Never Gonna Give You Up was never going to come back in that kind of way because there's a particular way that it was delivered back in those days that people were excited by but then when you listen back to it as a young person you're like why are they singing like that and I think that very rarely to the people that deliver things with a sort of tonality or delivery that feels very on trend to a time, make it out to further generations. I would say the same for, and this is my prediction, the indie voice of the 2010s. I want to say, you know, that kind of mousy, and I went to the store. I have a feeling that's going to age terribly when I went to the store. I think that that sort of voice, was picked up and mimicked by so many people on both ends of the spectrum where you've got Devendra Bernhardt, you've got Jose Gonzalez, you've got a whole lot of female artists using that kind of mousy vocal. Everyone started singing like that and I just feel like when you broad brushstroke listen to that sort of stuff, it's a little cringe because everyone was adopting this kind of mousier sound, this very like introverted sound that Not everyone actually sung like that until that time. And I think that's going to age pretty badly. Bringing you the sponsor for this week. It is patreon.com forward slash G underscore Derek. You can enjoy a exclusive private radio show from me. New finds, new music, new music to me. And for a five or a $10 per month subscription or patronage, You are able to support me as I level up my production value and and continue making on my journey. And in turn, you can listen to some good music and hang out with me every single week on my radio show called Solid Air. Back to the pod. Speaking of trends, another one is the overuse of technology, which I can point directly to a couple albums, one by Paul McCartney and one by Cat Stevens. The record by Cat Stevens is called "Is It So," and the record by Paul McCartney is called McCartney 2, Both of which have actually really interesting and incredible songs on it. But both of these artists in the mid to late '70s were playing around with synthesizers, or as all that stuff was coming out, and they were like, "We better jump onto this train because this is this is hip. This is what the kids are doing." And largely were bad albums because they're just trying to Paul McCartney's from the Beatles, Cat Stevens. Father and son, you know, beautiful, beautiful folk music, and they're going to the synthesizer world and trying to maintain relevance. And I think that not only does music age when they try to overuse technology, but also when an artist is trying to maintain relevance. Whether you've got artists trying to put out a rap album, if you're a folk artist or an R and album, if you are a country artist, I think that this fight for relevancy makes you do things that you might normally do. And that overuse of technology, that overuse of your desperation, means that your music has such a propensity to age. But I also think that the opposite can be true. I think that music that people thought would never come back can come back. And this is where there's holes in, in my logic because you can't actually predict what will come back. For example, the best example I can think of is two twofold. Limp Biscuit. Two years ago, three years ago, Limp Biscuit was the most cringe band ever with this new metal rapping pop, the way that Fred Durst did his thing, the whole idea of them, that kind of bro culture, the the kind of crassness of not only their name, but the names of their albums, and just the whole world felt like God that is never coming back. And as I was doing research, I was looking at like Reddit posts and stuff and people were just making fun of it, of how bad it is. And now it's come back and it's kind of cool. Not only are the 2000s back and the aesthetic of like shiny metal and new metal and a kind of bro culture in an ironic way, but people also recognize, hey, this is kind of hard. And hey, for pop music that was really going off at the time, this is kind of impressive. That I would not personally have never seen coming. The second example of this is Jamiroquai. So I remember for a time, I was really into Jamiroquai. I thought that was so cool. And then I went through a huge period where I'm like, Jamiroquai was so lame and just this like try hard version of what they were trying to do back in the seventies or whatever. And I don't listen to them now. I can appreciate them. I don't love them like I did when I was a kid. But Jamiroquai has come back in a sense that, I hear about Jumeirah I see it online a lot. People referencing certain songs, certain music videos and going, you know what, Jumeirah they were kind of unique. And they were, to be fair, they were unique. I don't think there's been a band like Jumeirah on the mainstream at that level. The closest thing is what, like Silk Sonic Type 5, but that's more themy. So I wouldn't have picked that. And some predictions in that sense of that kind of era, whole. Hole has kind of been pushed by the wayside a little bit, especially with all the Nirvana t-shirts around. Not that they were exactly equivalent, but adjacent. Hole, I can definitely see the Beastie Boys being picked up in terms of they are less in the canon of hip hop discussions with the likes of groups like Public Enemy or Run DMC but I think that the Beastie Boys were their own original thing and some of their music their kind of rock slash rap stuff is really quite exciting and still cool in my opinion I would not be surprised if No Doubt comes back I think that the image was cool I think that Gwen Stefani is really cool so that wouldn't surprise me and last one would be and this is a bit of a stretch for me I, I just don't know I just have a feeling that people will start appreciating red hot chili peppers it's almost like this cycle of like it's uncool then it becomes too cool and then it becomes really lame and then people actually and then it levels out a little bit and maybe that's the timelessness that goes on forever so if red hot chili peppers i can't say i'm a huge fan of the red hot chili peppers but i can see a world in which people look at it through the lens of them now being almost reaching if not already that 30 year mark and going, you know what? This group of white guys doing this kind of funky rap stuff, whilst it's not like gangster anyway, not that it's cool in that kind of way, it's kind of original. They made lots of bangers. They had some iconic albums and maybe it will be welcomed back in to the fold, into from that kind of ridiculed place of five, 10 years ago, just like, oh, red hot chili peppers. Remains to be seen but let me know. So what would be your predictions? What would be your predictions for music that you think would stand the test of time from now? I wrote down, I jotted down a few as I planned this podcast. So obvious ones, Kendrick Lamar will stand the test of time, I think, because relevant but timeless topics, a lot of effort in his output. And quality of that output, I would say Tyler, the creator, some of his records, especially Flower Boy and Ego will stand this time because they represent a unique perspective and a unique sound. I can't say I loved Tyler's record Ego a year after enjoying it because I felt like it aged really quickly. But I do think the artistry and that's what I said earlier, the artistry can hold it up above from Other works, say earlier works in Tyler, the creator will probably not stand the test of time as much. I think that artists like Lil Wayne will come back in a sense because I don't think he is discussed in this same kind of tier as people like Jay-Z or people like Kendrick. But I think that Lil Wayne was progressive in his own way, not only as an artist, but a mogul as well. And then I was thinking Ariana makes sense in terms of a pop artist that could stand the test of time more so than artists like Selena Gomez which I'll get into in the next section but I think Ariana has a timeless sound to her I actually would say when I talked about Billie Eilish earlier I do wonder about the timelessness of of Billie because she she innovated a sound so much and a lot of people have copied her but I think her albums are known or regarded less than her singles. So I'm not sure about that one, but yeah, I think Ariana could be interesting. I also, strangely, not that I listen to her, I know the music at all. I just have this gut feeling about Miley Cyrus. I almost feel like Miley Cyrus has like a timeless quality and appeal to what she does, even though I couldn't name one of her songs. All right, last but not least, artists that might not stand the test of time. And I think where I swim in this kind of concept is what I said earlier about pop adjacent music in certain genres. So for example, Drake, Drake, I've touched on the last podcast, not sure if he's standing the test of time because that music is so mainstream because it is so pop, because it's very single focused, not sure if he will age so well or people will be able to comprehend them in, in the future. And I think that's why albums are still so important because People don't look at singles. They will pick up albums because they're picking up a body of work. They'll pick up a record and they'll want to judge it based on that record. Will people be able to understand what Drake is if they don't enjoy the records? Remains to be seen. I think that Taylor Swift could be similar in that regard. Very pop. She may appeal to young women forever, But I also feel like experiencing the journey with Taylor is also very important and something that I don't know if you just pick up a random record if you've never heard of Taylor Swift in the future, whether it will have the same impact. I touched on Selena Gomez, big pop star, big Disney star, big star in general. Do people know her music on a wider scale? I don't know. I don't. But that's that's not saying that I represent what will be the future of timelessness. Post Malone, I think is a really interesting one because I think again, similar to Drake, very prolific, very popular, very successful. Singles bigger than albums, beer bongs and Bentleys, what the hell. And I think that he has the potential to have those sort of songs that, Younger people will pick up and go, wow, this is amazing, what is that? But then try to understand his context and not really understand why there's this album called Bongs and Bentleys and why this album is so all over the place. And last but not least, The Weeknd, who I've discussed on a previous podcast about his legacy and his impact and why I think he's really smart from a radio point of view. But there's a theme here, isn't there, which is he's so radio and so playable that he kind of falls into that kind of Billy Joel phil collins type world where perhaps 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 without that context around him when you listen to the weekend in 30 years time and you're picking up something that sounds like the 80s but it's from the 2020s and people quite can't kind of can't grasp where he comes from or why he was doing that I wonder. So to conclude, I think that as I've talked through this topic, I've come to my own conclusions about this idea of the the intersection between pop and alternative and artistry and innovation, where if there is a lot of effort, thought, expression, and timelessness in the sound of an artist, they have more potential in my thesis and argument to last and stand the test of time. But If you are chasing that immediate clout, the immediate sales, the immediate platinums, that people like Post Malone are getting those numbers, can do stadium tours now, but maybe Post Malone is the kiss of now, that in the future, the fans and the diehard fans will be there. But will people pick that up and go, this is an artistic piece of work that we really love and hold on to forever? I am less sure about that. What do you think? What do you think? Are these all hot takes? Are these bad takes? Please let me know. Wherever you can comment. People DM me. Even DM me on my Patreon as well, which is uh, super fun. But I would love to know who you think will stand the test of time and who won't. I would love to hear if you think I'm absolutely insane or not. This has been Derek G. Speaks Volumes for another week. See you.